Thank you, family of God. I am happy to see you. I have mixed feelings today because when I was here last, a champion of the Lord was still here for me. I have to say that he was an amazing, amazing man, the pastor of this church. I know you all know him as a Bible teacher and a great father and a great shepherd in every way. But I just want to tell you one little story. I just may, because you don't know everything about him. Or them, actually. Uh, the thing is, they had a church and a Bible school in a place called Valcom. It's not a place any human being would like to live. <laughs> it is a very strange mining city in the middle of the country. But they were vibrant. They know, all the people would go to the most affluent places and... Uh, not, not this pastor, not the, 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 this family. They worked for the Lord and they did a great job. And from that Bible school and from that church came a couple to, that came from there and started a movement in Cape Town, the city where I was born and raised, in the very big university called Cape Town University. It was known as His People and it became a very large international movement. And it's, uh, it's actually incorporated now into Church of All Nations, which is also the big large in this country. And this couple that had started this movement touched the whole world. There were churches in every nation that they moved. And they came from all from this pastor, this, this Fulmerans family is where they came from and they were taught. So you don't even know how impactful yeah. this ministry has been to the very outskirts of the whole world. From, this, from the word of God and the faithfulness and diligence of this family. And so I just want you to know you're not in an ordinary church. Not with an ordinary family. And to watch Cindy moving just like a, so much like a dad, I wonder how I would have ever thought that one day when she was young that I'd see her one day doing that. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm very thrilled to see that. All right, so today I would like to, to teach you, if I can, from the word of God, so many of us feel we're insignificant, we don't have value, people are famous, they get credibility, but every one of us play a very important role in the plan of God. In my studies, I have found over the years that women have always been God's secret weapon. Throughout the Word of God, whenever something profound happened, there was a woman in the mix. Whether she was a prostitute or a queen, or whether she was a governess, or whether she was a, a governess's wife, they were always involved in some profound way. And I want to introduce you to a very amazing woman that no one ever talks about, that is very impactful to all of our lives today, and that she was insignificant and unimportant in the eyes of man, seemingly, but certainly in the Ecology and the plans of God, extremely vital. As many of you sitting here today, you think, I'm not noticed, but you are so important in what you are doing for God. And I want to start by the, with Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was only a young teenager. I'm from a Jewish family, so I now, more, as older I get, the more I bring in my Jewish culture because I see that many of my Goya friends my, don't understand the culture. That's why I'm going to explain to you. In the Jewish faith, and especially in those years, women were of no consequence. They weren't valuable. They had no say. Women would not even be sitting to this day in the same place as the men in the church, in the synagogues. They would sit one side, and I'm not even sure if you know why they do that. 
probably don't know why they do that because the Bible says that we must not touch the unclean thing. And a woman that has her time of the month, she's unclean, and we don't know when that time of the month is. It could take us by surprise. It could be young teenagers starting. So we keep the woman separate just to make sure we're not unclean. And so if you understand the woman that had the issue of blood, she wouldn't touch Jesus or ask him to touch her. She would touch the hem of his garment because she understood the law that she would not make him unclean. There's, if you're those, all those little cultural things that would help you understand so much. But Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And for, for me, when I read that, I understand exactly what it is. She's not old enough to marry, but she's been promised. We have professional people that start at a young age matchmaking and bringing couples together long before they even grow up. And those marriages are 100% successful because what we do in our culture is we marry out of lust, out of... Uh, admiration, liking, whatever else you reason we marry for, and then we try to fit everything together. In my journey, I asked my girls one time I wanted to get a secretary and what they, should, what they thought I should look for in a secretary, and they went through a whole list that she, what she must be, or he or she must be like, must be able to type and answer the phone, speak more than one language. On and on they went. So I said, so what you're telling me is before I even interview her, she must already have these Credentials, yes, they said. So I asked them, how come then when you start dating someone, <laughs> you don't care whether they're Christian, whether they have the same interests in you, the, whether they have, even like the same sport you like, you have nothing in common, but you're attracted to them and you start dating them. How, how does that work? And so that's our culture, how we function. But in the Jewish culture, they match make them very carefully and professionally for a long journey. And so that's what happened to Mary. She was betrothed or promised to an older man who was a distant family member who actually came from Bethlehem. He was a builder. And it was a very normal thing in a small community. And it was nothing strange. It was very, she was used to it. And she meets an angel, and the strange occurrence happens in her life, which is so fascinating to me that the angel tells her she's going to get pregnant by God. That's not the common prophecy that every second or third girl would get. In fact, I can't imagine what was going through her mind when he said that to her. She said, well, how will this be? No, God's going to make you pregnant. Yeah, I was thinking that. That confirms what I already... Can you imagine the horror of having something like that happen to you? Going home to mom and dad. Mom, dad, I'm pregnant. But it's not Joseph. God made me pregnant. How bizarre that sounds. And her response wasn't, well, I don't know about this. Most women and, that are married today, should I prophesy a baby, they go, go into a frenzy. This woman wasn't even married, and she said, let it be to me according to your will. How can she do? I, I dream of having that attitude. I, I long to just have that little bit where I'm so yielded to him that he can do anything he likes, and I'm never going to fight it. I say I won't. I say I'm so willing and obedient until he asks me something that I don't understand or like. We all like that. So Mary was such an amazing woman in her own right. But the angel said to her these words, and look, your distant relative, your relative, her name is Elizabeth, is pregnant. Now Elizabeth is much older than her. Mary's about 14 or 15. She's not, she's not old enough to get married. But Elizabeth was an older woman and barren, the scripture says, which means she must have been about 40. Now, if you are of no consequence or value, you're just a wife, you get great value from being a mother and the kind of children you raise. It's something that you will, with other women, get you position and boasting rights. If you have no children, it is an anguish like Hannah. She was 
anguished before in the temple, asking God, please give me a baby. So much so that the, the priest thought that she was drunk and got, Eli got mad at her because she wasn't. She was so vexed because she needed this just to, to have value. Elizabeth had never had a child, but what you don't know about her, her and her husband, both of them were from the same bloodline of Aaron. They weren't just, they just weren't, weren't alone Levites and priests. They were of noble blood, both of them. And yet they had no children. They lived in the southern parts of uh, south of Jerusalem in the, in the Judean hills. And he was, a, he was one of the priests and he was part of a division, which means the Levites were so many that the divisions would serve in the temple at different periods. And his division would be called up and he'd go up and he served and he did. And he met an angel when he was selected to go and do the, the burnt off or the offering, uh, the prayer offering. You know, we have, when you come in the temple, there is a, uh, there is a altar of incense that they burn they burn incense because it's the only organ in your body that hasn't sinned so the the smoke will carry the prayers of God holy to the Lord that's what the whole symbolism of those things are right before the holy of holy and he was elected to do that and an angel came to him and told him he's going to have a and he argues he's got all these things going on in his life you can see the character that the Zechariah is his wife gets pregnant, and the Bible says she's held in seclusion for five months. Now she's pregnant six months, and Mary gets pregnant by God. And my Bible says in First Luke, First Luke, excuse me, Luke chapter one, still First Luke, Luke chapter one, verse thirty-nine. It says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. The moment. She hears that this distant relative is pregnant. She goes to meet her, go and see her. Now, a 15-year-old can't just get up and go. There's no bus trains or traffic, no way of knowing. They don't even know she's pregnant because the family doesn't know. There's no cell phones. There's no newspapers. There's no way of knowing. It's not like today. So it was not common knowledge. She was in seclusion for five months anyway. So it was kept a secret while she was pregnant, the first part of her pregnancy. Very strange situation, the whole thing. And she's late in life. She's about 40 years old. And so Mary knows her because she goes to the festivals, which is once a year, at least once a year, if not two or three times a year they go. And she'll see her cousin, her distant cousin, Elizabeth. She'll see it. And she'll know that's a family and they won't hang out because one's 14, one's 14. They're not like big buddies. Yeah, you and me, we should play some TV games. No, there's no, nothing in common at all. So they just know each other from seeing each other. But she hears she's pregnant. And I'm sure she went to her parents and said, I want to go and visit our relative. And they must have agreed to it and given her some servants and a donkey. It wasn't a process. You just get in and go. If you are an athletic type person and you walked from Nazareth, to Jerusalem, and you didn't stop from the moment the sun rose, the moment it went down, you'd start and you walked very fast. You could make it in about three and a half days. But normal, the normal pace would be about a week to get to Jerusalem, especially a young teenager like her. She's with her servants, and you have, it's not just get up and go. You've got to work it out which road you're going and where you're going to stop for the night, especially at Shabbat. Shabbat's a, Sabbath is a very big thing for a Jew. It's not, just, it's not just a day of rest. It's a holy day, and you have to celebrate the Friday night. It's a whole process, and you've got to calculate and work it out where you would do Shabbat and all those things. So you work it out. Now she arrives. She arrives at her family, her distant relative, uh, Elizabeth. The time she Mary got ready to hurry to town of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home, and she greets Elizabeth. 
When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you'll bear. Now, no one knows she's pregnant. She just got pregnant, and she's already getting prophesied over by Elizabeth, not Zechariah. But why? And this is the thing that gripped my soul. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So you can see she's not sure what Mary's doing there. And she's acknowledging that this younger relative of hers is carrying her Lord. So she's not only prophesying that it's the Savior, she's respectful, honoring and she's, no, she's spiritual enough to recognize something's going on. Now, this woman is no ordinary woman. She's about to have John the Baptist, who Jesus said is the greatest amongst men. That's what Jesus said. A remarkable man, didn't have the best of life. He never went to the movies, didn't have a girlfriend, didn't, he didn't do anything fun. He never he went surfing. He did nothing. His life was pretty dull and boring. And I wondered how he got there to be this devoted and dedicated to God. It's only one person that could have done this. If I see this woman, but, but why am I so blessed that you, the mother of my Lord would come? A woman of that caliber, you know. When that child was born, she began to sing songs to that child. You know she'd held that child daily and kept on speaking the word of God. Day after day over that child. Not the father, but the mother would train him and prepare him for his destiny. And so all his life, he's been Bible schooled by his own mother. Someone that never got a day's credit. Someone that never was noticed or any way given any kind of honor whatsoever. And she was appearing a vital part of God's plan. If there had not been a John the Baptist, would there have been a Jesus? Would there have been a Savior? Would there have been the promised church? Would there have been people sitting here today born again? She played such an important role and nobody saluted or clapped hands for her. No one put her in any kind of book or on a wall, in a plaque, any kind of name, anywhere. But she gave her whole life to this John the Baptist, he was a very interesting person to say the least. He ended up a few years of his life before he begins his ministry down at the desert, which is to, at the Dead Sea. For those who have not been to Israel, the Dead Sea is 1,300 feet below sea level. It's a different climate and it's warmer. And these group that this group that he got part of were called Hessenes. In the time of Jesus, we had different groups, Pharisees, Sadducees, Zealots, we had scribes and all these different groups, but the Hessenes were the extremists of, they were real like monks. They wore long white garments, only white. They never got married. They ate very careful dietary foods and fasted a lot, and they baptized almost every single day. They were always repenting of something. They had a lot of their own very strict writings, and they were also the ones that reproduced the Bible as we know it. In the Jewish Bible, which is the Tanakh, we have 24 books, and of those 24 books, what's very important is the Torah, which is the books of Moses, the five books of Moses, but now with the Tanakh, there are 24 books, and 
23 of the books, these have scenes reproduced. You may have heard the Dead Sea Scrolls. They reproduced, but the one book they didn't reproduce was the book of Esther because it didn't have mentioned God one, one time in it, so it's not spiritual enough for them. And that's the, their thinking. They were extremists. They were extremists spiritual. They had strict dietary and laws and always repenting, always beating themselves up. Was a, was a, and then that's where John the Baptist spent two years. They write a lot about him in their writings. They refer to him. And right before he's in, inducted into their group, he withdraws and starts his ministry. John the Baptist, wearing camel skin uh, coat and, uh, and belt and eating locusts, not at all the diet or the lifestyle of Essenes. But he pulls away and he preaches and you can see he's influenced by the Essenes with his constant baptism and constant repentance, very strong, harsh preaching. The job of John the Baptist was to awaken Israel to become mindful of God, to preach repentance so they would turn back to God. So when the message of Christ would come, they would be open. They would be more alert to it. It wouldn't be camouflaged because the message of Christ was so radically different that even John, after three years of his life about to die, stuck in a prison in Tiberias, sends word with one of his disciples to Jesus around the Galilee to ask him, go and ask him, is he the one? Or should we expect someone else? Because the message was so different. Jesus answers in Matthew, he says to Matthew 11, go and tell John what you see, that the blind eyes are open, the deaf hear, and the lame walk. And he's quoting one of the the 44 prophecies in the book of Isaiah referring to the Messiah. The Messiah would have the miraculous happen. That's why they asked John, are you the Messiah? He said, no, there's one coming greater than me that's coming after me. John didn't do one single miracle. Jesus did constant miracles according to the prophecies. And even when up on the mountain at Hanukkah, at a festival in, in John chapter 10, the, he's preaching in the Solomon's porch. And the Jews say, tell us plainly, are you the Messiah? Or, or do you keep speaking in riddles? He said, no, I've told you plainly, but you don't believe what, that I, you're not, you, you, the Father didn't send you. So they pick up stones and they're about to stone Jesus. He says, for which of the miracles are you going to stone me? Because they're not starting for the miracles we said, but for your message. Because he did miracles that they couldn't deny, but they wouldn't accept his message. Even John couldn't understand this message. It was so different to anything they'd heard before or even John could grasp. John was saying, turn or burn, repent. And Jesus is saying, come to me, all you gender confused. Come to me, you alcoholics. Come to me, you wife beaters, drug addicts. Come to me, you thieves and mongrels. Come. Don't change, just come. That was the message of Christ. I will give you rest. I will help you. I will bring life to you. It got quiet in this place. That was the gospel Jesus preached. And John couldn't process that. So Jesus tells him, tell him what you see the miracles. And the good news is preached to the poor. The good news is preached that God has come to liberate and set free. He's come to set the captive free. He will do it. If you just come as you are, he will set you free. Please don't get too excited. It's overwhelming. It's the gospel. It is an amazing gospel story. And yet, there's a spirit of religion that keeps trying to get on us. Paul had a struggle with that. He came to an area called Galatia, a whole area in the Asian area. And he preached the gospel. And they get saved. And he writes in his epistle to the Galatians, you foolish, chapter 3, 
you foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? What happened to you? You started out in the grace. What is wrong with you guys? <clears throat> you didn't have religion before. Now you have the gospel, and now you want to go back to the law. Why, why would you do that? You didn't have the law in the first place. So why would, because people need something uh, to control. We need some religion we can measure. How do you measure if you're a good Christian? How do you measure? It's all by faith in the grace of God. But if you can measure it, if you go to church so often and do so many different things, you can if I can build a golden calf, I can see it as tangible. I can control that religion. I can, I can control that. But I can, I can build big cathedrals. I can have different services. But how do I control the faith and the journey with the Lord and living for Him and letting Him transform me inside? The gospel is such an amazing gospel. Hebrews 2 says, how shall we ever escape if we neglect such a great salvation. Elizabeth was an amazing woman and got no credibility for it. And there were so many great women like her that I really admire that the older I get, the more I see how impactful these women were and uh, people that struggled. You know, Paul had a struggle in his own culture with women. He, didn't, he never got married, but he also himself, he writes in Corinthians, I don't permit women to have authority over men. And that's what he says. It's not God that's saying it. It's his own personal convictions. It's tragic to me, the whole incidence. And he's, 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 he's in Asia, and he's laying down in, in, in Acts 16, and, and he has a vision of a Macedonian saying, come and help us. So they, they, he takes leadership, and he says, guys, we've got to go to, to Asia. So, well, that wasn't around the corner, so they had to walk quite a ways to get to a harbor, find a ship, and then they sailed, and then they changed ships and changed islands, and eventually they end up in that area in Macedonia. And the very first city called Philippi, they start to minister in or get part of. What an interesting city that was. It had, in the 50 years, changed hands between the Greeks and the Romans and other, uh, other dominant people. And then finally the Romans had taken charge of the city and rebuilt it. And there was no synagogue yet. There was no, it was still very much new. And, and so they come to preach the gospel. And they're inside the city. And they're staying there a few days at, at the Holiday Inn. And, they, and Saturday comes. Shabbat comes. And they're looking. They ask around, is there, are there any Jews? We know there's no synagogue here. But is there any Jews that come together? Well, they said, actually, outside the city, go through the main gates, out the city towards the river, there is a group that meets every Saturday. Oh, that's good. And they went out there and they meet. And said, it's just women. Paul's favorite. And so he gets there and these women are worshiping God. And amongst them is this very colorful, flamboyant woman, big hair, bangles, and all kinds of decorations. She specializes in purple fabric. And that's where the, where the town she comes from, you didn't just have colors easily available. And she sold fabric. She was a wealthy woman. And she was such an amazing Greek little lady that heard about the kingdom of God. And she became a Jew. And so now she's leading this group. And she meets Paul. And he preaches the gospel to them. And they all get saved. And they go down the river. And he baptizes them. And she says, now, if you believe I'm really saved, I want you to come to my house. And Luke, who writes the book of Acts, you can read it for yourself, says, when we were finally persuaded we went to the house 
they didn't, we didn't want to go there. And that's where the church began. And of course, three days later, they are arrested because they cast the devil out of, of fortune-telling others lady and, and the, messes up their business. And so they're put into prison, beaten up, and never once did they ask if they're Roman citizens. They're not allowed to do that to Roman citizen. And so they're singing in the, they're singing in the prison. They've got their feet in stocks. I don't know how that's possible, Silas and Paul, and that they're bleeding backs and they're singing like a night in jail. It was so bad that the walls fell down. And the God wants to kill himself because he was get strict instructions to watch these men. And now they're escaping. And he said, no, we're not leaving. And that God gets saved. And, and so when they take them out of town, he says, no, we're not leaving until they escort us properly. From there, he says, we want to go to the house where the brethren meet. Not Lydia's house. They're staying at Lydia's house, but they... That's where the church is, but they won't, he won't mention her. He has a struggle even writing the book of Philippians. No reference to her. And why I'm telling you this is so often in your life, you feel disappointed because people didn't recognize your labor of love and how hard you work. And they make a big fuss about someone that's doing a lot of good work for the Lord, but they, don't, they forgot you. You're not noticed. Please, please know that God's the one that rewards. When people don't recognize you, great will be your reward with Him. You want his reward anyway. It's a hundred times better than man's reward. You can't compare. What you're doing is for the Lord, and he sees that. And the ripple effect, you may be with the back with the children's church, and there's no honor and applause for people who work in a children's church. But I am standing here today as a product of a child evangelist. Someone who came to my school when I was just 10 years old and took an assembly and told us about Jesus and invited us to the Sunday school, and I followed her, and she taught me the ways of God. If I'd never heard that, I wouldn't be standing here today. So don't discredit or make small. Child, children ministries that are vitally important and the ripple effect is enormous are you hearing me so you whatever you're doing for God in this church in this family and you haven't gotten honor or recognition I want you to feel safe and comfortable in your life and know that you are doing it for the Lord don't feel insignificant unimportant because you just don't know the full measure and effect of God's kingdom it is just phenomenal and I see so many people that I've seen here since 1942 and I'm very grateful <laughs> I'm very grateful for the faithful people some of the faithful ones even from Africa they just they They've aged well, like an old expensive wine. Not referring to you, brother. You look young. We're all on a journey. All of us are on a journey, and God is doing good and new things. The world is in a, an unusual state. We always think our generation's the worst. Uh, we always think this, but every generation is facing different kinds of problems. It goes from one to another. But I'm here to tell you that God is still on the throne. He's still in charge. He's much bigger than anyone understands. He's still God. And I don't want you to be panicky about that. God has got you covered. God has got you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So wherever you are in your life, God is where you are, where you need him most. And salvation is a relationship with the Lord and I was watching your pastor this morning on TikTok, <laughs> and she was speaking about salvation, which is wonderful. It's, it's very important. There's nothing more important than the saving of a soul. Nothing. Amen. Nothing. The most important thing in your life. And I hope you're not secret service Christians. <laughs> I, I hope that you witness to someone, at least one person a day. 
you tell someone about the Lord. They don't have to like you. In fact, if they react, it's a good thing. If they don't react, you've lost them. But if they get upset, they're uncomfortable, the Holy Ghost is working. So don't keep it to yourself. It doesn't cost anything just to tell someone that Jesus loves them and he cares. And, and if someone has got a problem, say, can I pray for you? And then pray for them there. Don't go home as you'll forget. Pray for them right there. It's in the most amazing mission field. We've got to take this light with us everywhere we go. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Promise, church. All right. Promise. He's a promise keeper, you know. God keeps his word. He promises men fail and don't keep their promises, but God always. Is that, is that true? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Good God, bad devil. <laughs> the devil can go to hell. That's what I'm saying. And he will. He's, he's destined for hell. Let me see the second row all the way through. Let me start from the camera side, and I'll go all the way through in the second row, because that's where all the sinners normally sit. <laughs> What's your name, little lady? Michelle, my bell, these are words that go together well. And are you married in love what? None of the above. That's tragic. What do you do for a living, Michelle? Real estate. This is the word of the Lord for you. You have to leave behind you what's behind you. You don't do well with disappointment and frustration, and you carry it too long with you, and you form a resistance or a wall around you to try and avoid it. God never promised you a trouble-free life, just a victorious one. Didn't promise you a pain-free life, just a healed one. So you've got to get it in perspective. God is your source and your help, and he's got plans for your life. There is no question. This is what the Lord's saying. You did everything right. You did. You just don't understand. I did everything right. Why does stuff still happen to me then? If I did it all, I did so hard. Work, so. God says, yeah, it's just life. Don't make, a, make meaning to that. It's got no means. It's just life happened. But he, he doesn't, God doesn't allow things to work together for good. He makes them. He forcefully makes things work together for good. So what seemed to be a disappointment to you is going to be a blessing. You got it? All right. So you're not finished school. I see some studying in your life still to do with the industry you're in. You're going to qualify and do something. Uh, so I don't know what it is. It's a license or go on a higher level, brokerage. I don't know, but you're going to do better. But you're very smart and you're going to succeed in that. Just keep going. Who's the lady next to you? Did you know that, ma'am? <laughs> What's your name, mom? Joni. And <laughs> she's laughing, it's funny. So, Johnny, how many children do you have? Just the two. You didn't fill the earth like God asked? <laughs> Apparently not. What do you do, Joni? From? You were in a Geico. All right, little, okay, little, thank you. Thank you for that little insert there. Thank you. <laughs> Are you in this church? You're not retired for the Lord because he's, He's gearing you up to get really involved in the work of the Lord. The, the only thing with you, a little intense, you're such a perfectionist. Everything has to be exactly right, and you stress yourself and everybody and the angels out. You need to take it down the notch. <laughs> if things don't pan out quite the way you want, it's, it's okay. God's going to take care of it. He was doing it before you were born. He'll do it after you're not gone too. So you just, just do your job, and he'll take care of the rest. But he's so pleased with you. you are, you're a father's delight. You really are a father's delight. Since you're a little girl, you were the best daughter. You always served and helped and did and nothing was too much trouble. You made yourself tired serving. And that's how you're going to work for, for your Father in heaven in this church. You're going to help so many people. And you one of those people I was talking about this morning. Don't get thanks. The Lord thanks and honors you, and you will have your reward. That's the promise of God. You got it? 
because God's going to reward you. As, as a special token of God's grace and blessing upon you, he's given you long life and health. Broken every spirit in your family of sickness. It will not touch you. There's someone in your family now that's struggling. It will not touch you. Don't let the devil put fear in you. Who's the fellow next to you? One of your children? What, who, what's you, who are you? Yeah, what's your name? Kyle. Kyle? Hi, thank you. What's your name, ma'am? Did you, 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 you married him, right? Do you like him? Most of the time. That's, that's the right answer, yes. That's the right, that's the truthful answer. So you're great with child, like Mary. Great with child. Is it your first, second, third one? First. Do you know what it's going to be? A human. Right. <laughs> yoo A miracle. A <laughs> girl. So what do you do, Kyle? I'm in transition. What were you doing before you were in transition? Being in fitness. Do you think I was in fitness? <laughs> I would get the feeling that I should go to the gym. Then I lay down till that feeling passes. <laughs> if it doesn't, I will, I will minister to myself with chocolate or something. Just, get, get, just break that thing somehow. Something like that. Actually, caramel. I'm not a chocolate person. So, so it's your first baby. And, and uh, given her a name? Aria, that's a lovely name. And what, what do you do, ma'am? Um, You're a hairstylist. Okay, then you will so see you work hard. You're a little tired carrying a baby's work, right? A little bit in the work side. Yeah, but you'll be grateful you, when the baby's out, you've got to get up and it's a, it, it sometimes takes your sleep. Don't laugh, you've been there and done that. You can, you can help, you can help a little bit with her because she'll need it. Yeah. Kyle, the Lord is uh, stirring up your faith. You're a little crazy, and you've got some stubborn ways. I don't know if you know that. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a good heart, but you can get stuck. And if you get upset about a thing, there's just no getting through to you. You've got to leave you alone for a while. And uh, the, the thing is that God wants to bring you into business. You had, the, you had the worst friends. I don't know why you would always have the people that would not do right by you and just not see the thing through. You didn't have always a good choice. You believed the wrong people. And so God wants to give you a spirit of discernment, and he wants you to have your own business. It is not a gym. It's like a coaching thing that you have to do. And there's different generations, especially a younger generation, that you're going to help. And there's a sports group of some kind, a team of some kind that you're helping uh, work, work them through. So God's going to help that. There's also a restoration and healing in your family. There's been a tension of relationship, and it needs to be reconciled. And God wants to fix that. And the only way to fix it is to put aside your stubbornness or your uh, reaction because you have a right to be upset. You have a right, but you've got to forgive. If you only love those that love you, We've done what the world has done. You've got to love those that don't do right. And then God will bless you. As for you, ma'am, God's going to give you the house you asked for. It's just not time yet. And this is a little bit of a struggle, but it won't stay like this. God will provide and make way for you. You're not to be concerned. You're, you're, just, uh, you're a little bit more responsible than him. He'll do impulsive things and, and not always think things through. And you're the far more careful, more stable little anchorage. And that's okay. So God will bless the two of you. There's lots of good things waiting for you up ahead. Uh, don't be weary. Just in good season, you'll reap the good things that God's promised you. You're a delight to the Lord. You will not stay with the hair. You have a whole different gift of business inside of you. You don't even know about nothing to do with hair. And you will prosper. God's going to prosper you from home with all the children because you'll be able to manage all that and do business. It's just your natural. You're a very, very meticulous person about so many things. Hair was uh, seemed to be the right thing at the right time, but it's not the thing for you in your future. I've got it? Okay, dude. This church is very important for your lives. 
Don't take it lightly. This is the word of God. All right. What's your name, young lady? The second row. Gloria. Gloria are you nervous? You don't know? Uh, are you married, Miss Gloria? Would you like to be? Just point and click. That's what everybody else does. <laughs> Are you in this church? You, did you go to church somewhere else? Well, you found there's no seeking anymore. Girl, you got, you've come home. You're home now. And this is why I'm asking you, because, because God says you entered a new chapter of your life. You got tired. You just lost all zeal for life. It just got really burnt out and people have hurt you in your own family it's been hard for you but i'm going to tell you from god he wants to give you a family to love you and enjoy you and embrace all that you are you you may be an, an older model but you've got many years many many years left of great value and important to the lord and you will do a lot and god's going to provide for you and do the most excellent excellent thing for you so don't you give up and, and not graft yourself in and watch what god will do your people will love you in this house you'll be part of the family i promise all right. Next to you, what's your name? Sarah. Farah. Okay, you speak English? Okay, thank you. Just checking that you understand me. Are you married, Farah? Not anymore. You, got, you killed him. Got rid of him. <laughs> what, what happened? Okay. All right. So here, here's the thing. You had to fight your whole life as a little girl for survival. Nothing came easy in your life. Everything was a struggle. And, and the Lord wants to take that burden from you. He wants to be the one to fight for you. Not that you have to fight anymore. God will provide. And you're a hard worker. Man, you can do two jobs at the same time. You're just the hardest worker. You never complain. You just keep going. And God is your helper. And there was a, they don't know in this place all the abuse that you had to go through. They don't know all the stuff that you had to go through. It just that's been a long, hard journey for you. But it's over now. And God's gonna bless you and He's gonna pick you up and do a good thing for you. You're just gonna not gonna fall into that same trap again. You don't even date someone without permission in this church. <laughs> do you understand? Because you've got you've got no brains when it comes to men. <laughs> you're the sweetest, most wonderful woman, but you trust everybody. Yeah. Not gonna happen. Yeah. We're gonna watch over you. Do you understand? Yes. You're through family now. Yeah. Right? What's your name next to her? Nelia. Nelia. And are you, what, what nationality is that? China? Okay. Mixture of Chinese and Filipino. Okay. And are you, do you have children? How many? You one of the children? All right. You have three children. Okay. Um, <laughs> I see many storms in your life, many things you've come through. You, had to, you also had to fight so many things. And this is the happy time of your life that God wants you to be happy. You're so scared to get too happy because as soon as you get happy, something bad happens. And I'm going to tell you from God, it's never going to happen again. Never, ever. God's going to take care of you. You keep saying, I don't want to be a burden. Guess what you keep saying? It's getting really boring now. We need to stop that. Can we do that? Because you are a sweetheart. You're a blessing. You're an amazing cook. You can do anything. You work hard. You're a blessing. Wherever you go, you're a blessing. You ask for nothing. So put behind you all your sorrow. You had some deep losses in your life. You had to bury someone you loved so much. It was a hard thing for you. But I'm here to tell you from God that he's your strength, your shield and bringing a song back into your life and people have let you down you had to fight so hard and you're going to give God a chance 
to show himself to you as a kind and good God that he really is. He wants to love on you. Do you understand? He saved your life once. He'll keep watching over you. And this is your son. What's your name, son? Dennis. All right. And this lady next to you is your? Did you know that, ma'am? How long are you guys married? How long? Yes. How long? But you married how long? 2017. That's wonderful. And how many children? Just that's all you could do in 27 years? What's with that? I'm just kidding. You know, I'm just teasing you, right? So, Dennis, what do you do, Dennis? In construction, and you've got to, you've come a long way, and you've come through so many things, and you've done really well, but you're far more gifted than you realize. And God wants to open up doors when you've gotten comfortable in your routine of where you work. You just don't want to push yourself. But you're too smart, and you're very good at your hands, and there's an artistic creativity that God wants. And I see you doing, making exquisite-type furniture of some kind, really specialized stuff. And that is going to take you to a whole new bracket because you're patient and you're careful. You've got to pick your friends. The friends have always been the ones that have led you down the wrong path. You don't want me to come back here and look for you because then you'll be sorry. So don't ever we do that again, ever. As for you, my sister, I'm so sorry for the rejection that's been in your life. It was from since the day you were born. I just didn't want you. But I'm here to tell you, God wanted you. From the very outskirts, God wanted you. And you are so wanted now. Everybody wants you. You're an unusually crazy lady. You do crazy stuff. But you are such a, a powerhouse. You really are. And you help people. You're really called to help go and get them in the pit of darkness and pull them out. And, you've, and that's what God's going to use you for. He's going to use you to rescue and help and heal people's lives. You're an, you are a powerhouse for God. Do you understand that? And your real family, the genuine family God's given you, sitting, are sitting here today. You are, you, are you home? You are home. Right? What's your name? Hi, Jennifer. And this next to you is your father? Did I say something wrong? I'm kidding. I know you're not the dad. What's your name? What's your real name? Rico. Rico. That sounds Spanish almost. Oh, it's Spanish. So how many kids do you have? Three. Just three, and, you, and you're Spanish, right? No. You, Filipino. Okay, well, I thought maybe if you were Spanish, you'd have at least ten. <laughs> All right, so what do you do, sir? Uh, From? Uh, All uh, right. We have a grandchild in the Navy right here, out of this San Diego right here, and she's up deployed already for the last whatever six months. I don't know where she is, somewhere in the east on the, on the ship. All right, so here's the thing. You're a faithful man. You're an absolute asset. The two of you are such valuable pillars in God's kingdom and the house, and you have a very valuable part to play. I hope you're in this church because that's where God wants you to be in this family as leadership helping, because you're not looking for credibility. You're just looking for credit. You're just looking for I want to serve. I want to help. And you just work for God. You, not to have your own church. You, you to help build this one. And God will reward you for you. You both have remarkable ministries. So you have this 
comical way about you and everyone thinks you're a good old buddy but you're far more sensitive and discerning and a very good teacher of his word you understand the word and you're a good man you've come a long way you're a real dad in every way a real father and uh, as for you ma'am you have a wonderful ministry of deliverance and healing in people's lives and you just keep fighting for their souls when they run away you go and find them you're just an incredible uh, shepherd and God salutes you that you've gone to go hunt for those lost sheep so many times he honors you for that he promises you your kids will be blessed because you took care of his that's God's promise to you one has particularly wandered off and gotten lost of your children God's bringing them all back where they belong spiritually it's his promise all right thank you Jesus are you guys bored yet you're all prophecy junkies that's what you are I'll be doing some of this tonight again if you go you guys will come back so the, the music was outstanding it was really good I, I was looking and I'm thinking, my goodness, this church has always had the best, best singers and musicians. And, and it's always new ones, but they're always better and better. I don't know how they do. Do they offer you money? Is that what they do? <laughs> how do you guys do that? Some churches struggle to have worship leaders. What's your name with the mustache, blue shirt, long black hair, the fellow, the, the, back, the long black hair? Jonathan, and next to you is your... Your beautiful wife. You have one that's not beautiful? I'm <laughs> oh, just checking. Only the one, right? You knew that, didn't you? Good job. What's your name, beautiful wife? Carla. And you are how, married how long? Nine months. So you have a baby? On the way, dude, you the man. What do you do for a living, sir? Full-time? Student studying what? Finance. Okay, you're doing the finance. What do you do, ma'am? Okay, I'm, what I really like about you, ma'am, is that you're a straight shooter. You're a straight and, straight and narrow girl. It's either right or wrong. There's no gray with you. And uh, with him, he hums and haws. He's always nervous to make a decision. He doesn't want to make a mistake. And you just push that thing fast through. Because he needs that. He needs someone to, to make. And that's who you are. It's, it's clear for you. And so you're a very good team together. He's the one that actually God picked for you, not the one you had before. This is the one that God picked for you, ma'am. This is the one. And that he had to... He had to work the whole thing to bring you to this point because he's not somebody you would have picked. God picked him for you because he knew the end from the beginning. He knew what would work for you. He's unusual. He's got his own little ways, but he's brilliant. He's working in finance. He's actually going to be in the computer industries where he's going to end up and be part of a very big computer firm, actually a shareholder. That's his destiny. And so, But he'll need you to help make decisions because he gets unsure of himself. You've got to push him, and you can do that. And you just keep pushing him because he needs that confidence level. But he's smart. He was smart enough to marry you, right? He's going to be a very good dad. You've got you to help him not to be the, one of the children. He's got to, you know, <laughs> help him for that. Okay, so where's your, where is your mom, ma'am? Hmm? Johannesburg. You're from South Africa, obviously. God is re working, doing some deep thing inside of her heart and delivering her because she's uh, built a judgment in her heart of disappointment and frustration, and she has lost her joy, and God's going to bring that back to her. But your prayers are having great effect in her life. Do you understand that? All right. Mooi man. Can you Afrikaans nog praat? Baie mooi. And is hy van hier? 
Sê op vandaar af. Ba, waar kom jy vandaan? Ouds hoor en kyk nou net die volstruisen en het. Baie mooi, woon jylle allemaal al twee hier nou? Baie mooi. South Africans are good blood, good people. I'm almost sure Jesus was a South African. I was almost there. <laughs> I'm going, wife and I are going there now on the 1st of February. We just, I just was there a few days ago. So we go there often. I've got, I'm actually, what's happened is I'm, uh, 40 years I've worked in the prophetic and now I'm launching a prophetic school. We've called it uh, the Prophet's Academy and it's online. And so I was launching it from South Africa because that's where I started. And so the prophets have been signing up like crazy. I can't keep up with the pace anymore. But if you go on our website, you'll see the Prophets Academy. All right, so next to the, grand, the granddad with the gray hair, what's your name? Walter. Are you family of anybody here? Your granddaughter. Okay, so you're also from South Africa. Which, you from Johannesburg? That's where the decent people come from. Not welcome. It's laborers of love that go to welcome. You know, Velcom has no traffic lights. They have only circles, circles, designed to have circles. It's an unusual city, very unusual. Anyway, so, and are you, are you on vacation here? Are you visiting? What you, you retired here in America. It's very different from, from Cape Town, right? You like it, right? Okay, the weather's good. Yeah. Are you married? You're not married. Let's see here. Are you, are you dating someone? I can help you. I won't even charge. I was just trying to help. Okay, so there's a healing going on in your body right now. God is extending your years by fixing something inside of you. You've always been wise and smart uh, with uh, management of finances and things. You've always had a wisdom, but you built an, a resistance to disappointment is the wall that you built because you were hurt by several things and betrayed. You were actually betrayed a few times. And, and uh, so you, you're learning to open your heart to the things of God. You even sit there serious about God, but you're still very cautious. And I'm asking you to open your heart and put every suspicion aside and let the Holy Ghost work in your life and bring out the Father that you really are because you'd be a great asset to God's kingdom. Thank you, sir, for being here. All right. Lady with her hand against her little... Yeah, what's your name? Judy in the sky and diamonds, right? Are you, are you married? Okay, and you have children? Only two. And do you, what do you do, Miss Judy? A good one, too. You're a good school teacher. You're a blessing. And there's a song in your heart. There's a, a joy that God gave you through all that you've been. You've learned to have a joy and stay positive. And so this is a new day in your life, and you're not finished your teaching career. There is a whole little thing that God's got planning to help people that struggle because you're very systematic and you've had enormous success with the most difficult students. And when I say difficult, I don't mean bad personality. I mean people that struggle to learn. You have this incredible gift to do that, to break through, to find out what it is they're struggling with. And that's what God's got for you. It seems like you'll teach till the day you die. Some way, somehow, you'll be involved in helping people education-wise. It's just in your system. You prayed for someone, one of your children, petitioning the Lord, and he wants me to tell you, he heard your prayers, got you. It's been a daily thing of yours. It's been a focus for this child. And God says, I got you. I'm going to do it. Just do what I ask you, and I'll do what you ask me. It's, simple. it's that simple. A good deal, right? Okay, what's your name with the stripy shirt, the young fellow with the with an inexpensive haircut. What's your name? What's your name? 
Connor? And who do you belong to? Who's mom and dad? Nobody? All right. Connor, there was no mistake when you were born. And you were in self-destruct mode so long. You just wanted, you just, uh, you just had no reason to live. You just didn't want to live anymore. And, just, and I, you are such a precious gift. And you, you, there are, there's parts of your life that are blacked out. You don't even remember them. They're gone. But the Lord says, I'm bringing it all together in your life. And you're far more talented than you think you are. And you think you can recover. You've lost so much of your identity and who you were. Watch what God's going to do. Just step by step. Just keep going. God's going to restore all things to you. Do you understand? Step by step. Just keep going. And you, you fear deep inside of your heart that you're going to fall back in the hole you were in. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. But I will tell you this. You have a special gift for young children. God gave you a gift for kids. Kids love you. Everybody's kid loves you. Everyone's dog loves you. you just have, you just, we just have a rapport with the young generation. And you're going to help kids. Do you understand that? And the spirit of poverty and, and uh, des- desolation that has followed you your whole life is going to break and, and loose. Yes? You're safe here. You're safe amongst family. You're loved here. Okay? You're safe. This is a safe house. They call this a promised church. They should call it a safe church because you are safe here. You are loved unconditionally in this house. Is that right, Pastor? Thank you. Just checking. Okay. <laughs> the gentleman with the folded arms uh, that with the white shirt and the little goatee. What is your name, sir? Jeremy? Yeah, he was a bullfrog. Good friend of mine, Jeremiah. <laughs> he laughed at that. He liked that one. So what do you do, Jeremy? Jeremy? You're an electrician. And are you in this church? I don't blame you. It's a bit crazy here. <laughs> Do you go to church somewhere? Uh, when I saw you stand in front of me this, this morning, I, the thing jumped up in my spirit that you don't always understand your value. Because you've always been told that how bad you are. And it started in your childhood already. And then it just went on into your adult life. They always told you that you were a loser, you're bad. And, uh, you're not perfect, but you're not that loser. They say not even close. Not even close. Yeah, you've made some bad decisions. Yeah, welcome to the club. Not the only one. You're not that good that you're the only one. We all have made bad decisions. But you, are, you have great value to God. Great value. God made a covenant and a prayer of a prayer to someone that prayed in your family, prayed for you years ago. God made a contract with him. And that's why he's watched over your life because you know you should have been dead. You know it. And God saved your life for this reason. And that's why you're sitting here today, because God's got a plan for your life. And I'm, that's why you're to hear. I came all the way from San Antonio to tell you today that God's got you, and you're not going to escape. He's got good plans for you. Yeah. Yay, and verily I say unto you, what's your name with the face? Mm. Black top, phone in the hand. What did we do without iPhones? What's your name? Alex. And what do you do, Miss Alex? A higher education. My grandkids call me special ed. That's higher. We have own special short bus. We special. So, <laughs> are you married? Do you like someone here? Are you blushing? Do you come to this church? You like it here. You're born again, speaking tongues. 
You're trying, it's easy. All you have to do is say Honda, Kawasaki, Yamaha, Suzuki. But you must say it fast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding you, but it's not hard. Your intellect stops you, not, not, not anything else, your intellect. But you, it com comes from here, not from here. And that's what the struggle is, right? This is the new day. God's wiping away your tears. You can't please everybody. In your family, people are always barking at something, and you just, it's impossible. They're always not happy with you. But here's the thing. <laughs> God can't please everybody. And all you've got to do is obey the Lord. You do a little impulsive craziness sometimes, and you've done some unusual things, but your heart has never been wicked. You've never had an evil heart. You always had a good heart wanting to do the right thing. You and money have never been friends either. You get rid of money as fast as it comes in. It's the strangest thing. And uh, as you're a sweetheart, you're a fun lady to be with. You've got to clean up your car a little bit, please. It's got to get some little order in your life. It's too, too messy. You can't find stuff. Look under the car seat. You'll be shocked what goes to die there. It's amazing. Uh, you can be so ordered and organized one place and so not the other. It's amazing how you do that. But you are a delight to the Lord because you've got the sweetest heart. You want to help everybody, everybody's buddy. And <laughs> when you drive, you must not be on your phone. It's not a good thing for you. You must concentrate because God has to watch over you. Now. He's got plans for your life. You're very creative. You're very artistic. I don't know if you know that. And you've got good plans for design in your life. That's the plan of God. And you've got to start picking your friends a little more carefully. You've hung up in the wrong crowds in the years gone by. And people have used you and talked you into deals that made you crippled you financially. You've got to shake that off. You're never doing that again, right? You're in a good place. Learn the, the ways of God here, and you will not, you will not be sorry. Do you have anybody you want to minister to before I get done here, pastor? Pick someone you don't like. <laughs> Randy. Randy. She doesn't like you, Randy. This is your lovely, wow. Is it, what? What is she lovely? Ah, the daughter, and that's the wife right there, okay. I was trying to figure it out. So how old are your daughter? What? Are you sure? You look about 15. I know how that feels. I have that. People that don't believe I'm 100. They just don't believe it. So <laughs> what do you do, sir? And a good one, too. Uh, God is restoring to you what's rightfully yours. The devil tried to steal from you, but there is prosperity and blessing. You're a serious giver. You're a crazy man. If God tells you, you'll just do it. No one else will agree with you, but you'll just do it. And God loves you for that. And that's why he wants to turn the finance loose. And the devil robbed you. Your friend, someone you trusted, robbed you. But God says, I'm going to turn stuff loose in your life. And I'm going to really bless you. And the next three years are going to be champion years, more than all the years put together. That's God's plan. <clears throat> You will live here, but you'll go backwards and forwards from somewhere else, flying up and down, up and down. It's all to do with business. You are a very smart businessman, incredibly gifted, and God is with you. But your heart is what God really likes the most. You're a champion. And you, his wife? You like him, don't you? I think, he, I think she likes you just for your body, though. He says, I'm okay with that. How many kids do you have? Yeah, see, five children. I rest my case. <laughs> What's your name? Cheryl. Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. What do you do, Miss Cheryl? Um, from? 
from insurance. You're a powerhouse, Cheryl. You just uh, go get them. You just don't do the don't do the whiny thing. We we'll find a way. We'll just get it done. And you'll always work it. You've got this gift also of business and money inside of you. Always got this way of finding a way to do it better, more economical. Always she will get a better deal. She'll get three garments the way you get one. It's just the and they'll all be good quality stuff because she's very smart like that. But you're a great lady, and I really love your heart and your ministry that's in the church of God. You really have a great loyalty, so loyal and upright. There's not a lick of betrayal in you, just a very faithful heart and very prophetic. Tremendous discerning of spirits that you have. You just know because you know because you know. When you don't like someone, when something bothers you, you're right because something's wrong in the spirit. And so you discern rightly. In your own family, on your own relatives, there's some strange stuff. And you discern rightly, but you must use wisdom on how you minister life to them. Because God is with you. God is really with you. There's always been a jealous spirit against you. They've always been jealous of you. Why? I don't know. But they are jealous. And you can't heal jealousy. It's always going to bark at you. But the Lord is your favor. He favors you so much. And he's on your side. So he's going to travel quite a bit. But you'll be very, very involved in the kingdom here. Working for God's kingdom. This is your daughter. What's your name, young lady? Kiana. And are you married in love? What? Does he know? Where is he? He what? Well, he must be a good fellow in Texas. I'm from Texas now, y'all. Is he, which city is he in? Uh, San Antonio is better, I think. Isn't it? Myself. All right, so, and uh, what do you do? Digital marketing. Digital marketing. Wow, everything's digital today, right? Yeah. You're very smart. You're very strong-willed. I don't know where you got that from, but you can be stubborn and stuck at things sometimes. You just, you don't know how to give up. You don't know how to say no. And when you, when you, even when you play a little game, a board game, boy, you are so, you take it so seriously. It's like we're going to shed blood today, you know. <laughs> it's everything you do has to be that, that upright and perfect and so on. But at the same time, you have a great compassionate side that cares about people that are less than. And you'll want to fight for them, pick them up. You are a fighter for, for injustice. You don't like unfairness and things that are wrong. And God will always use you when you're younger at school, but he'll use you even more now. That's the plan of God for you. And so he's got good things in store for you. I, I do feel very joyous and happy about this friendship of yours with the guy in Texas. Uh, it's, it delights in my spirit like something's good coming from this. Dude, like totally. <laughs> Did you say I'm going to stop now? What time was it? Five minutes, I, I will obey. I never thought when you were a little girl, I, I'll have to obey you one day. Never thought that. But I will. That's not hard. What's your name right at the very corner with a checkered green shirt? Oh, me? What's your name? Speak. Diana, and next to you are, are your family? What's your name, sir? I was looking for you, Jesus, for a long time. <laughs> Ten million of you? All right. <laughs> Avoid the Romans. Trust me. How many kids do you have? Just one? Five. That sounds Hispanic. That sounds right. So what do you do, my little sister? Tell me. And a good one to your sweetheart. I want to tell you that you aren't applauded or appreciated, but the Lord thanks you for the labor of love. Since you're a little girl, you've always served everybody. 
always been a, the kindest, most generous person, and you think it's been lost. It's not. It has been recorded in the book of remembrance, and God keeps record of all your sweet kindness. You are a sweet lady, even to your neighbors, and they are mean to you, and you're kind to them. You will always help them, and God says, thank you for having that right spirit. You are a delight to the Lord. God, God says he will not deny you anything. You ask him for the car you want. You've been looking at a vehicle you like. Just ask him. Tell him what you want. God doesn't drive used cars. He drove a brand new donkey. Brand new, brand new, brand new. <laughs> Okay. Jesus, what do you do? Uh, I'm currently working for uh, a guy in destruction. Construction. Construction. Jesus, you owe God your life. You know, you know that God has, has protected you through a difficult situation. And so you belong to God twice. And you may not go back ever again. You get distracted. You've got a good heart, but you get distracted. You're not allowed to get distracted again. You've got to focus on the things of God. It's the most important. God is healing all your children. There's been a total chaotic thing with your kids, hatred and unforgiveness amongst them. It's been really bad. And God's going to heal each one of them and reconcile to you in the most beautiful, godly way. All you've got to do is stay on, on target with the things of the Lord. This little princess here knows how to be in charge. She's, a, she's bossy. That little one right there, she will run the whole house. If you just give her five seconds, she'll get everything the way she wants it. Two seconds, okay, two seconds in. But she's, got, she's very smart, and she will do really well, uh, go, to, go to school. She'll do some, she's going to be in the medical industry, not a doctor or a nurse, but something to do with the pharmacy of some kind. She'll be in that industry. She's, got, she's very smart. She's a very academic child, and you need to give her that space. All right, so we, I'll be back tonight at 6. I do have wonderful books back there. We have a dream book, uh, my newest book, and that's, it's required reading for going to heaven. So do avail yourself at the back. <laughs> Can we thank him? So, so good. Well, we want to bless his ministry, so we would like to receive an offering for him. If you prepare, we'd put up the three ways to give. If you're, um, what we do, if you're writing a check, we ask you to make it out to the Promised Church, and in the memo, put Ed or Prophet. If you're using an envelope in the seat pocket in front of you, uh, you can write Prophet Ed on it. If you're texting to give, you can just put in the memo um, Prophet. Or we have a drop-down menu. So it's, it'll say Guest Speaker. Just use the drop-down Guest Speaker right there. And um, then what we'll do is Monday night we will total that and then write him a separate check for it. Um, what came in because we want to support his ministry this is this is how he this is how we support his ministry and what's great about God's kingdom is you sow into it and you reap the blessing right uh, you bless a prophet you receive the prophet's rewards so that's what we want to do and bless his ministry so they can, can continue to do this because were you encouraged isn't he a great isn't he a great teacher too didn't you just learn so much about the bible you're like what <laughs> It's just awesome to hear. It's such a great teacher. And then those so many prophetic words. I think I counted like 25 people. That's impressive. So we'll come out tonight. Again, we'll start at 6 o'clock. Uh, the doors will open at 5.30. So come on out and get a seat and believe that you'll get a word tonight if you didn't get one this morning. And then if for those that did get a word and you'd like to re-listen to it, you can go to our website once the message is up. It is, we're, we are live streaming to Facebook, YouTube, all those platforms. So you can go back and watch the whole service or you can go to our website usually by tomorrow and just the sermon will be posted, thepromisesd.org. And you can watch it and you can record your um, 
your word because you don't want to let that word just go by if you've never received a prophetic word before you want to record it onto your phone and then take it before the Lord and play it over and over and over even if he said some things in there that you're like wait what that seems far out go to God in your quiet time and take it before God and say wow God is this what you're thinking of me is this what you've got for me and play it over and over and over because you need to align your faith and your will with that word I've got words that I've been given, and I, I play them so much to the point where I can recite them because that's a word from God. He's hearing from the Lord. He's saying something of your life that you should treasure that word. Don't just be like, oh, that was a nice, fun, fun service. I got some, you know, encouraging word. Ch cherish it. All right, let's pray, and then we'll receive it. Father God, we thank you for Prophet Ed and his ministry, Lord. God, we thank you that, uh, that you continue to shine your favor upon him, that you continue to open doors for him. Lord, I thank you that this year he would see his heart's desire fulfilled, God. Lord, we thank you for this, for everybody that's given. We pray blessing of increase upon it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We'll go ahead and receive the offering as they pass the buckets. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, go ahead and start. There we go. Just send the buckets down, guys. Nope, no, not handing them down. Just walking with them, okay? It's no problem. Whatever works. Just yell at him, basically, if you need it. I know a lot of people give digitally, I guess, so it's fine. Did you get, did you drop it in? Okay. All right. So he'll, we'll be, we have somebody helping in the back with the books. Do you need somebody help? Liz Cheryl, do you mind helping him? Okay. One thing we ask um, is that there's no parking lot prophecies. So we ask that you respect that the prophet's time of giving a word is finished right now until tonight. Okay, So we ask that you don't come up to him and approach him for a word because we'd have a line out the door and following him to his car. All right. So please respect, please, please respect that. I will have my ministry, time, my ministry team come forward, please. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, if you need, uh, if you need prayer for healing, finances, whatever you need, uh, you want to speak to somebody about the Lord, then just come down front to the ministry team after. Um yeah, come, come in place, please, guys. Come down and speak to the ministry team afterwards, all right? And then grab a book, and we will see you all tonight. Thank you, guys. Love you. We'll see you tonight. <laughs>